Well, good morning, church. My name is Buddy Lambert. I'm from Oklahoma Christian University, and uh, I've got the pleasure of meeting many of you guys, but um, I hope I get to continue to see what God's doing here. Um, I wanted to open up with a reading, and then we're going to open up with a prayer. Uh, the reading is from uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 8, if you want to follow along, open up there. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 8, says, This is what the Lord says. Curse is one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in a parched place of the desert, in, a salt, in the salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. It leaves, <coughs> its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Amen. Okay, let's pray and ask God to bless our time. Lord, we come before you to just ask that you would be in this place, God, that you would open up our hearts, um, that you would allow us to see what you're doing here, and Lord, that we would be able to get a greater picture of who you are and who Jesus is, and, and God, the way that you want us to live. Lord, we just thank you for the good news um, that you have brought us this morning, that we can come and, and just listen from your word, God, that we can read from your word, that we can gather as a family. Lord, I pray that we would never take this for granted. Um, I ask that we would just be able to lay um, all of our pride, all of the things that we bring in here at the floor, and just be able to be um, informed of your word, of what it looks like to be your child, God. I just pray that you would bless this time, that you would be here moving through us. And um, Lord, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. I pray that you'd be with me as I speak and allow me to speak truth. Lord, we thank you for that good news of Christ, and we come before you and ask all these things and praise you in his name. Amen. Okay, um, this morning we are going to be in Matthew chapter 6, it's the Sermon on the Mount, um, and just kind of a little context on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, it's Matthew 5 through 7, and Jesus basically goes through, and a lot of the people back then uh, thought that Jesus was going to be this um, kind of, um, like a war figure, he was going to come in and take over Rome, he was going to conquer them because they were under Rome, um, and Jesus kind of goes through and flips everything that they know upside down, uh, chapter 5 he's like, Blessed are those, blessed are those, blessed are those who mourn. So it's kind of the lower people, and he's lifting those up. Um, and he's talking to all these crowds, and he's kind of flipping it around. Um, and then we get to where we're at today, um, and he's basically saying, before he's, uh, he talks about in the Sermon on the Mount, um, you have heard it said. So he's kind of taking some of the old law, uh, and he's flipping it upside down. He's going deeper into it, kind of like Jonathan said, if you were here in class this morning. So he's going deeper into it. Um, so Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. Matthew chapter 6, 19. says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I think the first appropriate thing to think of whenever we're reading this is like he's speaking to this crowd of all kinds of different people, a lot of the lower people, um, people that most society would classify as unworthy to be there. And there's also the Pharisees, the people that we talked about in class view here, the people that have these phylacteries on their forehead. If you don't know what that is, like they write the law on their forehead and they have these robes and tassels. So all kinds of people are listening to Jesus. He's speaking up on this mountainside. And he says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but store up for yourself treasures on heaven. And kind of on first glance looking at this text, it's like, what is that talking about? 
Um, so the, like originally this treasure here talking about maybe like a box or they would bury it. So things that they found important back then, things that they put their heart into, they would often like store away or put it in a box. Um, and I think it's incorrect for us to look at this and say earthly possessions are evil in itself, um, but they hold no value. So Jesus is calling them like they cannot put all their heart and put everything into this. Um, so whenever he's talking to this, talking to these people, he's talking to people who have nothing and he's talking to people who have a lot. And kind of we get this picture um, and a lot of the things that Jesus says is he probably is not offending these people of lowly class. Like this, if they actually got it and opened up their heart, this is good news to those people. You don't have to store up treasures on earth. These things don't matter. Um, so continuing in verse 20, he says, But store for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, so he kind of tells us the opposite. So don't do this, but store up for treasures in heaven. Um, and kind of behind this, summarizing it, it's like, our possessions will not carry over to eternity with us. So the things that we have in this earth will not carry over to eternity with us, but the good that we do with those things will carry over with eternity with us. The things and how we handle those and, and the impact that we have will carry over to eternity. Um, so I think once we read this, so do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where it'll be destroyed, but store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. I think an appropriate question for us to ask too, and for them is like, what does this look like? Because we want to stay away from storing up treasures on earth, and we want to work on storing up treasures in heaven. Um, and Jesus gives us a perfect picture of this in the Gospel of Luke. Um, and if you want to turn there, it's Luke chapter 12, verse 13, starting in verse 13. So he's preaching this sermon um, over in Luke, and this man interrupts him, and he says this. It says, someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide an inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Listen to this. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store up my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll store up a surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you'll have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded of you. Then who will have what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it'll be for whoever stores up things for themselves and is not rich toward God. So Jesus kind of says this, and this guy interrupts. He doesn't say, Jesus, tell us who's right. He says, tell my brother to give me what I deserve. In this parable that he says, he says he has all these things stored up. And he, and he takes him and he wants to build bigger barns. But God says, you, this very night your life's going to be demanded of you. What good are those things that you have stored up going to be for you? Those things are going to do no good for you. Um, and what I really want to focus in on there, it says, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So once again, whenever Jesus is saying back in Matthew 6, verse 19, do not store up for yourself. The idea is not having things are bad. Those things do not um, inherently mean that they're bad, but it's where um, you put your possessions, where you put your heart, and the storing up of those, having the abundance. Um, so Jesus makes the language very clear uh, that we should not be lazy and greedy with our possessions, but instead turn, take what we have. Take, and he's talking to people who have little, he's talking to people who have a lot. Whatever you have, take it and give it to the Lord. Take it and push it towards his kingdom. Um, and back in verse uh, 20, he says, lay up treasures in heaven, Matthew 6, 20. Lay up treasures in heaven. So what does that look like? Um, how can we do that? What does scripture say about that? And specifically, what is Jesus talking about that? Um, in 1 Timothy 6, 
and this is one of multiple places. First Timothy six verses uh, six through ten. If you want to turn there, first Sim- first Timothy six verses six through ten. Paul says, "But godliness when con- with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it." I'm going to say that again. Verse seven. He says, "For I brought, we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that." Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And if you jump down to verse 17 of 1 Timothy chapter 6, it says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Don't put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up for themselves treasures as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they will take hold of the life that is true life. So he lays out this picture. He's giving them this idea, these people. And a lot of times they thought that they could lay up. A lot of the gods back then and a lot of um, people in Egypt and the pharaohs, they buried things with them because they thought that they could take money and things over. So Jesus is kind of presenting this new idea, which is good news to these people, the people that don't have a lot. And he's saying, this stuff doesn't matter. And we get a picture in Paul. He's like, don't put all your effort and put all your time and energy into things of this world that won't matter. He's like, be rich in good deeds, serve and love one another so you can have true life. So Jesus gives us this idea that the only way that we can have true life is actually the opposite of what the world thinks. The world thinks having a lot of things can give you true life. Seeking those things can give you true life. But Jesus flips it upside down and said, give everything to God. Seek that first, put everything there, and that's how you will have true life. So back in our text in Matthew 6, verse 21, he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I think some of us can kind of understand that at first glimpse. Jesus is saying this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's kind of common sense, right? Like, whatever you put all your heart into, that's where your treasure is. That's where you're laying things up. Um, And he said, and this heart here is talking about, like, our inner being. So what do we devote ourselves to? Um, And I think a lot of times we try to put, we try to say our treasures in heaven, but we put our heart into a lot of things on the earth. So he's trying to make them rethink how they do this, how they, how they live their lives, the way that they spend their time, the, what they do with their possessions here. Continuing on verse 22, he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So what is Jesus saying here? He's saying the eye is the light of the body. And physically, your eyes are what see and bring things in. But he's talking something deeper. He's talking about the spirit. He's talking about your inner being. So he's like, if you're looking at good things, if you're doing good things with your eyes, not coveting. He spoke about this before in chapter 6. He's like, you're looking at things, you're doing things, you're coveting. He's saying, if your eyes are good, your spirit will be good. The things inside of you will be good. Be saying, if you were looking at things, especially earthly possessions, he's talking about this in the context of treasure. If you're looking at things and you're coveting and you're filling your mind and your soul with bad things, how dark is that darkness beside you? And we know that Jesus says from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the things that we look at actually matters, and Jesus speaks on this. Um, and he's saying you can't spend all your time focusing on earthly things, rather focus on heavenly things. So don't focus talking about the eye, don't focus on things that are in this earth, things that will pass away. And a lot of times we get caught up in that. We get caught up in trying to have money, money or status, 
And like we learned in class this morning, if you're here, Jesus doesn't care about status, right? Jesus doesn't care about the things that we have. He cares about what's inside. So he's saying, don't spend all your time worrying about all these things. Push everything towards God and his kingdom. He's saying that's what matters. And that's good news to those people. That's good news to a lot of those people that have nothing. And he's like, they're just following Jesus. And then the Pharisees and some of those people are probably scoffing. The people that have a lot. And he's saying none of that matters. Um, so he's telling them, don't covet. Look at the, what, pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Um, in verse 24, Matthew 6, 24, he says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, and you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And that's another challenge, once again. People try to put their life um, in both things. Jesus is making it clear, you cannot have one foot in heaven and one foot on earth. He's like, you're either all for me or against me. You cannot have both. You cannot love God and money. You cannot love God and things of this earth. You can't have a foot in heaven and a foot here. Um, and if you go through, so Jesus is kind of taking this idea, these people, and he's speaking up here. Um, before this on the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 6, he goes through and he's like, um, make sure you're not doing your good deeds in front of people for them to see. Because if you do that, that's your reward in full. That's putting things towards this earth. That's not storing up treasures in heaven. He's like, make sure when you're giving, you do it where people don't see. Go in your room, close your door when you pray. Don't do things for people to see. And then for the end, he kind of concludes this in verse 24. Or in verse uh, 25, excuse me. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, for they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more, much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow? They do not labor or spin, I tell you. Um, that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass in the fields, which is here today and tomorrow thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith, so do not worry by saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. God puts this so well in his word. Jesus speaks this so well. So these people, he's talking about this. And he's talking about don't throw up uh, treasures in heaven. And he kind of wraps this up by giving this this beautiful picture. He's like, think about the birds. They don't throw up in barns. They don't think, worry about what they're going to eat tomorrow. They go and the Lord provides for them. And he's like, you are so much more important than those birds and look at the flowers of the field. He clothes them. He's like, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're drink, or what you're going to wear. Because that was a problem back then. That's still a problem now. He's saying, don't worry. The Lord will provide. And thankfully, from this church and churches all over, and us as Christians, we can see that's true. Whenever we're in need, the Lord provides. And he gives you what you need. So he's saying, don't worry. And I think that can be kind of a hard thing for us to hear. Like Jesus is saying, don't worry. And that can be kind of like, how are we supposed to not worry? How, how, is, that, how is Jesus asking us to do that? And I love what he says um, at the end of verse 32. He says, And your heavenly Father knows as you need them. And then following, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Um, so what I think he's saying here is if you do these things, if you spend your whole life storing up treasures towards heaven, then this will be an outcome. You don't have to worry. The only time you have to worry is if you're putting all your, all your effort and time and energy in things that are going to perish. But if you're spending all your time pushing towards God's kingdom, serving. What did Paul say in 1 Timothy? He said, 
be rich in good deeds, serving, loving one another, putting everything towards God. And we have no time to worry if we're putting everything towards God. The only time we have to worry is whenever we're putting all of our faith in the things of this earth, whenever we're worrying about money and status. In Matthew 6, 33, is an answer to so many problems we have. If we would seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things that we worry about would be given to us. God provides for us. Um, and uh, continuing on, I think looking at that, oftentimes, what does that look like? Seeking first kingdom of God. Uh, a lot of times we have like a list, whether we realize it or not. We usually put like, you know, faith, family, friends, football, food. We have a list that we go through, and it's like, these are my priorities. I go to church on Sunday morning, and that's putting God first, and all this. And I think Jesus is asking us to rewire the way that we think. Rewire the way that we think. So he's saying, serve me through all of these. You know how you serve me and seek first my kingdom? is the way that you treat your spouse in your marriage. The way that you love your family. The way that you serve people of lowly status the way that Jesus did. That's seeking first kingdom of God. And then he goes through all these things, and he wants us to rewire the way that we think. So you don't just seek first the kingdom of God by going to church. He's like, in all that you do, seek me first by serving and loving one another. And that's how you store up treasures in heaven. That's how you don't have to worry because you're doing everything for God's kingdom. Um, and I would say the richest man on earth, the richest man that's ever lived, and back in Matthew 6 in that parable, he said, do not worry. He brings up Solomon. He says, Solomon in all his splendor was not dressed as beautiful as this. And if you go read Ecclesiastes where Solomon writes, this man, he went after everything in the world. He said he did not, not, he did not deny anything that his eyes saw. He went after everything. And he said it was meaningless. He said he went after everything. The only thing that he could find that was worth anything in this world was seeking God. He said everything else perished. Everything else went away. So Jesus here is challenging these people and, and trying to remind them uh, what this really looks like. Yeah, we have earthly possessions but we should not put all of our hope in that because whenever we do, we find ourselves worrying. Me as a college student, as adults, whenever you're trying to do things, you find yourself worrying because you might feel like you don't have a lot. But Jesus says, take everything you have and push it towards the kingdom. And God blesses that. God blesses what you do for the kingdom. So he's saying, rewire the way that you think. Don't put all of your time and effort into things in this world that's going to perish away. Instead, push it towards him. And I think a question that I have to ask, that we all have to ask, is like, why would we do this? Like, why would we do what Jesus has called? And I think it's because we truly believe what he has done for on, on this side of the cross, for us. They saw what Jesus was doing. They saw that he was good. They saw that he was doing miracles, and they truly believed that he was someone. That's why they were following him. And I think on this side of the cross, we can look at that and say, like, I know what he's done for me. I know the love that he has for me because of what he's done, what God has done through his son. And I believe that, and I know that I have an eternity waiting if I have put my faith in him. I know I have an eternity waiting. So it makes the troubles of this life and the worries kind of go down because you know you can push everything for the kingdom. If you truly believe that, if you actually believe that Jesus was here and he was real and you put your faith in him, it affects every aspect of your life. It affects how you serve and how you love people. So I would encourage you to really think about who Jesus is and who he's called us to be. We, we learned from class this morning that he's a humble man, willing to associate with people of low status. If we could reflect and be who Jesus was, then we could store everything for heaven. And that's not saying do everything for greedy purposes. That's saying you love and you serve people because you love them because Jesus loves them. It said beautifully in Philippians, 
Paul says this. He says, In our relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being very, the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to advantage or something to be cling to or grasp, but he let go of that. He humbled himself, um, and he became in the very nature of man, being a servant. And it said, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess in heaven and on earth that he is Lord. And then it says, the glory of God the Father. So that powerful message of who Jesus is, as Christians, we're trying to reflect Christ. And it says, being in the very nature of God, he did not consider that something to be cling to. He did not have to grasp that, but he humbled himself and came down and became a man. That is the good news for me. That is the good news. I don't have to put all of my hope in things of this world because we continually, we see that. They pass away. I'm a, young, I'm a young student, and I've figured that out already. Like, if I put all my hope in things of this world, then it's meaningless. It's effortless. It leaves you empty. But if you seek Christ, he fills you up. He fills you up, and he leaves you not wanting. So he came down here for his love for us, something that we can never grasp. We love each other here as a church family, but we can never grasp the love that Jesus has for us that he would come down and be like us and serve us, even though, we, even though we killed him. We literally killed him. We put him on a cross. And he still did that because he loved us. While we were still sinners, he came down here. And that is the good news to me. That's the good news to you in this text in Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 33, seek first kingdom of God. We can do all that because we know what Christ has done for us. And I would say, if you haven't accepted that, that is the best thing that you could do. If you have not accepted that, that Jesus Christ is your Lord, you can start putting everything towards him. I want to offer you that opportunity right now, um, but if you have, I want to give you um, a reminder to kind of rewire the way that we think. Don't get caught up in the world. Don't get caught up in status, things that don't matter. The good news is that if you are in Christ, you can't lose. Like, I continually remind myself of that. You cannot lose. If you lose everything on this earth, you still have a kingdom waiting for you. You still have a kingdom waiting for you. So do everything for Christ. Seek him first, and he will provide for you. He will give you all these needs. I want to remind you of that if you already are in Christ. And if you're not, I want to give you the opportunity um, to come forward and to receive that good news that he died for us. And we, we take that for granted. We take that for granted. Um, if you need prayers, if you need anything, I know I would love to pray for you. I would love to just bring Christ in your life, um, welcome him in, allow him to start making changes. Uh, and if you have made that decision um, and you need anything, I want to challenge you to come forward and talk about it and we can pray over you. If you need anything, come as we stand and sing.